welcome to Good Shepherd Baptist Church. As you know, pastor's away and he's asked me to preach this day. So we'll mainly be reading out of Matthew chapter 22, verses 35 to 40. So if you could find your place there, Matthew chapter 22, verses 35 to 40. And the Bible says, Matthew chapter 22 from verse 35. Then one of them, this is one of the Pharisees, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, what is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto this, it, thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself. On these, hang, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And that's the reading. So I've entitled this message, Wholeheartedness. We see in these verses that the Lord requires that we love him with all our hearts. We read in the Old Testament how Caleb and Joshua were, command, were commended because they wholly followed the Lord. They believed his word and they were the only ones of the adult generation of the children of Israel who were allowed to enter the promised land. This should teach us that to live a victorious Christian life, we need to wholly trust God and his word, to love him and to be heartily obedient to him. In the New Testament, we read in the book of Revelation that the Lord Jesus rebuked the church of the Laodiceans because they were lukewarm, neither cold nor hot. Jesus said to them, So then because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of, his, out of my mouth. That's Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. So from these verses we can see that the Lord requires us to be wholehearted towards him. Identify three areas in which we need to be wholehearted. As we have read, we need to be wholehearted in our love for God and his word so that we can be obedient to God and his word. And as we read in Matthew chapter 22, we also need to love our neighbour as ourselves. We all know and understand that all of us have great love for ourselves. So we should spend some of that love that we have for ourselves on others and caring for them and helping them. And also the third area I believe we should have wholeheartedness is in serving God and others. We are to offer up spiritual sacrifices to God, which is our reasonable service to him and to others. And the spiritual sacrifices I'm going to talk about are the ordinary things we do every day uh, when we come to church in praise and worship, thanksgiving, prayers, and, and in just giving to the work of the Lord. So those are three areas, a wholehearted love for God, for our neighbour, and a willingness to offer up spiritual sacrifices to God. So the first area I'll deal with is the great commandment to love God with all our hearts, that is wholeheartedly. 
I'll read it again. Chapter, Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. The Lord Jesus was quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting at verse 4. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. So Deuteronomy says, with all thy might. That's with all thy strength. So how do we demonstrate such a love towards God? To love him with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our heart, with all our strength. The following verses in Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting from verse 6, I believe shows us what we need to do. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Without God's word in our hearts, we can't love him. We can't obey him. And in verse 7 of Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. So the only way to do this is to actually read the Word of God, meditate in it, so that we can put it into practice. We show our love for God by our love for his Word and our willingness wholeheartedly to put it into practice. Not only will we meditate it on ourselves, but those who are dependent on us, our children, we should teach them as well. The whole idea is that we don't forget God. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 12, that after the children of Israel had been blessed with all the blessings of the promised land, they had eaten and drunk to their full, they had houses and vineyards, they have olive fields and all, all the blessings of God, then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. We are liable to forget to love the Lord and to be obedient to him if the Lord blesses us. So often the Lord wants to test us, to try us to make sure that we will be obedient to him before he abundantly blesses us with the material things of this world, like the children of Israel had. So the Apostle John also wrote of these things. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. So if we love God, we will obey his word. And we'll find if we are obedient to God, we find that his word, his commandments are not grievous. It's not a hard yoke of bondage serving the Lord. The Lord Jesus said that his yoke is easy and it is light. And oftentimes we think that it's heavy, but the Lord Jesus said it is easy and light. So it's up to us to find out basically what the yoke is that the Lord has for each one of us. As we 
read the word of God, we see that there is a general will of God that is for all believers and there is a specific will for each individual believer. It is the general will of God for all believers to witness to unbelievers. That is in the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. But it is up to each believer to seek God's will for him or her how to go about this. To illustrate, I felt the need to get involved in the, the evangelism team, the street ministry in the city on Friday nights. It is not easy and I admire the courage and the sacrifice of those involved. They encourage me to keep going. But it is helping me to overcome the things in my life that I probably wouldn't have been able to do without being involved in that, overcoming fears, worries and anxieties and lack of confidence. It is helping me to grow in love toward gods and others. It brings joy to my heart to hear of souls being saved, of backslidden Christians restored and others coming under conviction of the Holy Spirit and beginning to seek God. My main point in this illustration is that uh, if you love somebody, you'll seek to do things for them. Like the most well-known scripture in the Bible, I believe, is John 3, verse 16. I think you can all quote this from memory. For God so loved the world that he gave, that is, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in, in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved the world that he did something about it. He prepared the plan of redemption. He gave his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be sin for us, to die on the cross, to be buried and to be resurrected on the third day after three days and three nights so that we can have everlasting life. And if we believe that, then we should be willing to spread the word, to be involved in evangelism in any way that the Lord leads us to. If we love the Lord, we will seek to serve him in that area. My second point is, as the Lord Jesus said, the second great commandment, he says in Matthew 22, uh, verse 39 and 40, the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The Lord Jesus is quoting out of a Le- Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself. I am the Lord. Notice how loving thy neighbour as thyself is clearly linked to not seeking vengeance against people nor bearing any grudge against them. So if we love God, we will love our neighbour as ourselves. Paul also says this in Romans chapter 13, verses 9 and 10. He lists some of the commandments and he says, If there be any other commandment, 
it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, Thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbour, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. If you love your neighbour, you won't work any ill towards them. So James also says in James chapter 2 verse 8, If ye fulfil the royal law according to scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself, ye do well. This is called the royal law, the royal law of love, of Christian love. And if we follow it, we do well. So if we follow these two commandments, to love God wholeheartedly, and to love our neighbour as ourself, then all the other commandments fall into place. And, and we can comprehend all the other commandments. We don't have to go around trying to figure out if we can obey this commandment or that commandment. If we just think of it as these two commandments, then if we are obeying them, we're fulfilling all the other commandments, the word of God. So how do we know that we are loving others as God would have us to love them? The Lord Jesus says that we should love others as he has loved others. He says in John chapter 3, verses 34 and 35, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if you love one another. See how the Lord Jesus takes the law and raises it to a whole new level. The law says, love your neighbour as yourself. But the Lord Jesus takes it to a whole new level. You love one another as I have loved you. And this is how people in the world will know that we are Christians, we're disciples of the Lord Jesus, if we love one another. If you remember back to Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, it links loving thy neighbour as thyself with not bearing a grudge nor wanting to avenge yourself on somebody who might have done or said something against you. So this begs the question, how do we know that we are loving others as the Lord did? Christian love is self-sacrificial love. The Lord Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 13, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Are we willing to be self-sacrificial in our service for others? We mightn't be called upon to lose our life for a brother or somebody else. How do we know that we are loving others in this self-sacrificial way? There are two tests for this. The Apostle John writes of it in 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. He writes, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? 
So we see here again, the Apostle John says in this verse, that unless we're prepared to lay down our life for the brethren, we really don't know the love of God. And one of the chief tests of this is if we're willing to give. If we see a brother have need, then we should be willing to give. Not to be seen by everybody, but we shouldn't be covetous of our possessions, of our money. Often we hear of a missionary overseas have a need. And it's good that this church gives towards that. There are people in the church have need. And it's good that people give to that. And it's laying down our lives for others. If we give up that which the Lord has blessed us with so we can bless somebody else. Another test of our love for others is as Henry Morris states in his study Bible, it used to be called the New Defenders Bible, and his note on Matthew chapter 22, verse 39, that the highest form of love for one's neighbour is to seek God's will for him or her and to be willing to do whatever one can in helping them achieve this goal. So we'll be willing to pray for them, minister to them, listen to them, and just basically try our best to help them. I think the best way we can help others is to pray for them if they are sick, if they have any other need, seek to meet that need. So to illustrate this, the Lord Jesus said that there was a cost in discipleship. The cost is to deny self and to take up the cross daily and follow him. And this is what Good Shepherd Baptist Church does, I believe. They are willing to take up the cross daily and follow the Lord Jesus to deny self. They, we demonstrate, I believe, as a church, self-sacrificial love for the brethren and for those outside the church. There are so many involved in the church services, the music ministry, there's the sound desk ministry, there's the catering and, and serving ministry, those who minister in keeping the grounds, the church grounds and property maintenance. There's those involved in the bookstore ministry and those involved in the print shop ministry. And there are so many willing to give to the work of the Lord financially. The missionary put out a, a call for a need that he had for $7,000, about that, for a for for second-hand piano. And within a matter of weeks, the money was raised. And I believe that we are a real blessing to that missionary. And there are also those involved in evangelism witnessing to others, those involved in the street ministry. I believe those involved in the street ministry sometimes wish they were doing something else. They're probably things they'd wish they, were, they would long to do other than being involved in the street ministry, like being at home and resting on a Friday evening after a hard day's work. It requires self-denial, self-sacrificial love to do all these things. And there are others in the church involved in prayer for the church and for missionaries. I would encourage you to continue doing all these things. I know some ministries are in abeyance because of the COVID-19 lockdown 
and restrictions. But when the restrictions are lifted, I'd encourage you to continue doing these things, doing them wholeheartedly. We should be like Saul on the road to Damascus, Saul of Tarsus. When he met the risen Lord, his first response was, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? We should be like a sire when he saw visions of God. He's, he writes in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 8, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Isaiah didn't say, Send somebody else. He heard there was a need for somebody to go and speak for the word of the Lord, speak for the Lord. He was willing to go and be used of the Lord in the prophetic ministry. And we have the wonderful book of Isaiah as a result. So I'd encourage you, don't be like the Dead Sea, receiving life-giving water, but not giving out. The Dead Sea is dead because it's not giving out. It's not alive. It's not a flowing stream giving out. A Christian receiving blessing upon blessing but not giving out and being a blessing to others is exactly like the Dead Sea. It's lifeless and barren. Nothing can live in it. My third point, that we should be willing to wholeheartedly offer up spiritual sacrifices to God. Linking back to the previous point, one important sacrifice we offer to God is our own selves, our own bodies, as we do service for him and be used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, I think this is very familiar to all of us, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It is reasonable and it is logical that we want to serve God because this is the way we find out, we prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is for us individually. As I said before, there is a general will of the Lord and there is a specific will for us. We can only prove that by presenting ourselves, our bodies, as a living sacrifice, willing to be self-sacrificial to minister in a ministry that is operating in the church. And if it's not operating in the church, be willing to start one. I think Pastor mentioned last Sunday morning that a man in the church was willing to give up his Tuesday evenings to begin a Bible study in the city. And the Lord is blessing that. So Pastor was encouraging you last Sunday morning that if you see a need, then step up and get involved. Start a ministry if it's not already started. Restart it if it hasn't been started, if it's stopped. Or join something, be involved in it. I listed all the major ministries of the church before. I won't go through them again. So there are other spiritual sacrifices we offer up to God. There are sacrifices of praise and worship, thanksgiving, 
prayers and intercessions and giving to the work of the Lord. Now all these gifts and sacrifices and service should be of our best. They should be wholeheartedly offered up to God. We see this in the Old Testament that the clean animals offered up to God in sacrifice in the Old Testament had to be without blemish. We shouldn't offer up to God that which is blemished. We read in Malachi chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, he speaks of the children of Israel offering up sacrifices which were blemished. And not only did they offer up sacrifices that were blemished, they offered them up with the wrong attitude, the wrong motives. In Malachi chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, but ye have profaned it, that is the name of the Lord, in that ye say, the table of the Lord is polluted, and the fruit thereof, even his meat, is contemptible. Ye said also, behold, what a weariness is it. And ye have snuffed at it, saith the Lord of hosts. And ye brought that which was torn, and the lame, and the sick. Thus ye brought an offering, should I accept this of your hand, saith the Lord. The rhetorical question is, will the Lord accept that which is blemished or given with the wrong attitude that you say it's a weariness to serve the Lord, it is a weariness to come to church, it is a weariness to offer praise and, praise and worship, it is a weariness to pray unto the Lord, it is a weariness to give to the work of the Lord. We as Christians are a holy priesthood. The Apostle Peter confirms this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable, acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So we are priests unto God. We are to offer up these spiritual sacrifices of service, of praise and worship, thanksgiving, prayers, intercessions and giving. So therefore I encourage you to be wholehearted in these things. For example, don't offer up weak, lame or half-hearted praise and worship to God on Sundays or at any other time or offer up weak, half-hearted prayer. Be zealous for the things of God. As is written in the, in the Bible, it says of the Lord Jesus, zeal for thy house has consumed me. We should be zealous, really the upness of God. We should stir ourselves up to love and good works. We should provoke one another up to, unto love and good works. To illustrate this, fairly early on in coming into Good Shepherd Baptist Church, I felt the need to eventually preach and teach the Word. And I was willing to study in the Bible Institute over many years. Over many years I had to wait for the subjects to come around again, but I was willing to, to complete it. And now in the last couple of years there have come opportunities to teach and preach the Word of God. So I say, if you have a gift of the Spirit, be willing to be wholeheartedly used by God in that gift. If you have a desire to go into the ministry, 
to eventually preach and teach the word of God, be willing to go to the Bible Institute, be willing to go through that and do your study so you can be used in the ministry that the Lord has for you. I know that the Bible Institute is in abeyance this year because of the COVID-19 pandemic, but I encourage you to get back into it when it restarts. And also, do other areas of ministry as the Lord leads you. I got involved in the music ministry. I, I know I really struggle in it, but I'm willing to keep on going. This year, I haven't been used much because of the, of the lockdown, the restrictions on the number of musicians we can have up here. But I try to keep practicing, so I keep myself, um, keep myself in that ministry. I don't forget how to play because I know if you don't practice things, you lose the ability to do exactly that ministry. If I neglect practicing, then eventually if I come back into the music ministry, I'll have to relearn how to play. My lips won't be uh, in right order. And so on all these things, we should be sincere and wholehearted towards the Lord. In all these things, I'll mention in our areas of service, in our praise and worship, our thanksgiving, our prayers and intercession and our giving. I would encourage those who, who give, we should not give grudgingly, we should give with joy and thankfulness. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians, verse 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, for God loveth a cheerful giver. We should be cheerful in our giving. We shouldn't be giving grudgingly. We should be wholehearted in our giving as well. So in conclusion, let us be a church that is wholehearted in our love for God. We show our love for God by loving his word. We are wanting to read and meditate it, meditate in it daily so that we can obey God and his word. Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, set your affection on things above, not on things on earth. Who do we have in heaven but God? We should set our affection on him, not on the things on the earth. The things of earth are passing away. Our, our possessions all pass away. The Lord Jesus says, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. He says, don't lay up treasures for yourself on earth because we know that thieves break through and steal those things, rust and moth destroys them. Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Our heart should be with God in serving him, building up rewards for ourselves in heaven. We should really try to build up rewards, not build up treasures for ourselves on heaven, on earth, but treasures for ourselves in heaven. Our hearts are the central part of our being. That is where our affections lie. It is essential that our hearts 
and our affections, all our love, to be involved in our Christian lives and our service for God and for others. We should love the Lord wholeheartedly. We should love others as ourselves. But more than that, we should love others as Christ loves others. And that is with a self-sacrificial love. The Lord Jesus came into the world. He was given by God for us, for our redemption, our salvation, our perfection, our sanctification, for our wisdom. And we should be willing, like him, to be self-sacrificial, denying ourselves for the service we, we offer to God and for others. Because how can we say we love God if we hate others? We can't say we love God whom we can't see if we hate and dislike, bear a grudge or want to avenge ourselves on others whom we can see. We can't see God, but we can see others. So we demonstrate our love for God by our love for others. We demonstrate our love for God by willing to obey him and his word. If we love others with true Christ-like love, then we will seek to help them to achieve God's will for their lives. And our service for God and our praise and our worship, thanksgiving, prayer and intercession and our giving will be wholehearted. So I just commend that brief word of exhortation to you to encourage you to redouble your efforts. If the ministries you're involved in are shut down for a time because of the COVID-19 pandemic, because I believe the time is short, it is very short, and we should be willing to lay up treasure for ourselves in heaven by our love for God and love for others with our whole hearts. Heavenly Father, I just commit this word to you. I just pray that it might be a blessing to the people who hear this. It would encourage them, edify them. It would comfort them and uh, be a blessing to them. And help me, Lord, to walk in the light of this as well. Help me, Lord, to do service for you, to minister unto you, to help the whole church to serve you, minister unto you, and to minister to others. Help us, Lord, give us strength and power to evangelize, to be willing to witness to others and do your will. Because we know, Lord, that the time is short and the devil is on the move and his servants are on the move. Protect us from him, Lord, I pray. Protect us from all evil. And I just thank you, Lord, for your promise that you will build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.